Good morning, church. Good morning. A familiar story in the Old Testament that we love to tell our children is the story of Solomon asking God for a great wisdom. In 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, we read, And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. And then a little further down in verse 32, it says of Solomon, he spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 1,005. Solomon used the form of maxims or proverbs as a special form of instruction to impart this wisdom. Solomon tells us the purpose of this at the very beginning of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment and equity to give prudence to the simple, to the young men knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Solomon says this is written to impart wisdom to those who are willing to receive it. As you examine the book of Proverbs, you can't help but notice that it has much to say about wisdom so much so that it's often referred to as the book of wisdom. I think it's interesting to take a concordance and look up the word wisdom and see all the various passages where it is used. What then is wisdom? One commentator said that wisdom is the ability to use knowledge aright. The Cambridge Dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgment. I like the book of Proverbs and its nuggets of wisdom and practical advice. It provides insight and in it God reveals truths about our conduct in this life. For this lesson, I'm going to ask you to read with me Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Proverbs 4, verse 7. Proverbs 4, verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. There are two statements here in the first part of this verse that I want to consider. The first is, wisdom is the principal thing. And the second is, get wisdom. 
What does it mean when Solomon said that wisdom is the principal thing? It's another way of saying that wisdom is a matter of great importance. It deserves our careful attention. In addition to stating that wisdom is the principal thing, Solomon also explained in a number of passages why wisdom is so important. For one thing, wisdom is of great value. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 11, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. When describing the value of something, Scripture sometimes compares it to rubies. Do you remember the description of a virtuous wife? Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? Solomon says, wisdom is better than rubies. Then he goes on to say, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. In Proverbs 16, verse 16 is another verse that touches on the value of wisdom. In 16 and 16, it says, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. This passage teaches us that wisdom is better than gold and silver. Now, when you and I consider rubies and gold and silver to be very valuable, and they are, we understand that wisdom is much more valuable than any of these. As Solomon explained further why wisdom is the principal thing, he showed that there were blessings associated with wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 3 at verse 13, he touches on the state of those who find wisdom. He says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. A man is happy when he finds wisdom. He has reason to be happy because he's found something of great value. If you were to look at Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 10, it says, When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you. We find that those who attain wisdom will be preserved and they will be kept. There are blessings associated with wisdom. Proverbs 19 and 8 says, He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. The Bible shows that there are blessings associated with wisdom, and this last verse shows that those who get wisdom love their own souls. That thought should help us to further appreciate what Solomon said concerning the value of wisdom. I think we can understand why Solomon says that wisdom is the principal thing. But once we have that understanding, I believe we can better appreciate why Proverbs 4 and 7 also says, get wisdom. We've established that wisdom is the principal thing and talked about its value and the blessings associated with it, 
And that being the case, we need to do what Solomon says and get wisdom. What does get wisdom mean? It's another way of saying that God's people are to do what is necessary to attain wisdom. You can't just sit idly by and expect to receive wisdom. Unlike the gift that God gave Solomon, it requires effort on our part. How do we do that? How do we attain wisdom? Over and over again, Solomon showed in the book of Proverbs how we are to put forth the effort to attain wisdom. Look at Proverbs 4, verse 5. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Notice that this ver in this verse, that wisdom is to be gotten and not forgotten. That's what the passage is teaching us. Wisdom is to be gotten and it is not to be forgotten. Let's look also at Proverbs 23 and 23. By the truth, that's B-U-Y, by the truth, and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. We see in this verse that in addition to wisdom, truth, instruction, and understanding are also mentioned. Wisdom is one of those things that is to be bought and not to be sold. Now that implies that there is a price to pay for it, doesn't it? The Bible says we're to pay that price, but then we're not to let go of what we have attained. I'll admit that over the years, I have bought things on impulse. Perhaps some of you have as well. And then years later, we've taken those same items and sold them in a yard sale for almost nothing. As I get older, when it comes to material matters, I try to think ahead and say to myself, in a few years, am I going to sell this at a yard sale or maybe just give it away? It helps to put a value on something when you think of it that way. When it comes to wisdom, we're to pay the price for it, but then we're not to sell it. We have to attain it and we have to retain it. That's very important when it comes to wisdom. In attaining wisdom, we also have to go to the right source for it. The Bible teaches us that the Lord is the right source of wisdom. In Proverbs chapter two at verse six, it says, for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Who is the proper source for the wisdom we are to attain and retain? Solomon tells us that the Lord is the proper source. Solomon was not the only Bible writer to mention that. In the New Testament, James, the Lord's brother, also mentioned the same thing. Now we have started our study on James in Bible class. If you were to look at James chapter one, starting in verse five, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, 
For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind. James is referring to spiritual wisdom, the kind of wisdom that we need when we face trials, when our faith is put to the test. There's a general principle to learn about wisdom in that particular passage, and that is that God is the source of the right kind of wisdom. When we ask him for wisdom in faith, which is part of attaining wisdom, we have the assurance that God will listen and not reproach us for the asking. When we ask God for wisdom, if we ask him in faith, and we are fulfilling our responsibility to attain wisdom, God will certainly give it to us, and he will do so liberally. When the Bible says we are to get wisdom, we need to understand that the Lord is the right source for it. Well, since we're in the book of James, let's consider what the Lord's brother had to say about wisdom in chapter 3 of his book. James chapter 3. And I'm going to start down verse 13 of James 3. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I would like to spend the remainder of our lesson considering what James wrote on the subject of wisdom in these verses. I believe these verses in the book of James will help us to do what Solomon teaches us about wisdom. Solomon teaches us that wisdom is the principal thing. It is a matter of great importance. He admonishes us to get wisdom, and therefore we need to strive to learn what God's word has to say about wisdom. We can learn some valuable information from these verses that were written by James. According to James chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, our actions demonstrate the kind of wisdom that we possess. To illustrate the matter further, consider what Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 20. You're all familiar with this, Matthew 7, verse 20. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Our Lord is talking here about false teachers, and he indicated the false teachers can be detected by the fruit that they bear. In a similar way, we show by our actions the kind of wisdom that we possess. We need to understand there are various kinds of wisdom. We need to be concerned about getting the right kind of wisdom. And since our actions demonstrate the kind of wisdom we possess, we should consider very carefully what James wrote on the subject in these verses. In verse 13, describes a child of God who is wise. 
and they are endued with knowledge. What do we know about their conduct or their manner of life? Well, it will be in harmony with God's will. Their works will demonstrate the kind of wisdom they possess. James went on in verse 14 to show that a person might have a heart that's filled with envy and self-seeking. If a person has that type of heart, they should not boast because they are filled with jealousy and strife. And that is no reason to be arrogant. Furthermore, in their boasting and in their arrogance, they lie against the truth by pretending that they're to be a follower of Christ. To help us better understand what James is teaching, let us consider the example set by the Lord's disciples. Certainly, if you have any question about the Lord's patience, study his ministry and especially his teachings, his dealings with his disciples. Jesus saw great potential in the men that he selected, but they had a lot to learn and Jesus devoted a lot of time to teaching them. He was quite patient with them at times too. The Bible teaches us in several passages, they were constantly concerned with who was the greatest. If you were to look at Luke chapter nine, verse 16, it says, then a dispute arose among them as to which one of them would be greatest. Jesus dealt with that situation by placing a child in the midst of the disciples. He showed that we have to be converted and become as little children in order to enter the kingdom. According to Matthew's account, they were concerned about who would be greatest in the kingdom. Jesus responded by teaching them what they had to do to enter the kingdom. They had to be converted and become innocent like little children. You would think that grown, mature men would have gotten the lesson that Jesus was teaching. But no, it came up on at least two other occasions. Let's look at the last occasion, which we find in Luke 22 at verse 24. Jesus ate the Passover meal with his disciples. He was about to be arrested shortly after this. It was on this occasion he gave instructions for the eating of his supper so that his followers would always remember his sacrifice. What were the disciples concerned about though? Verse 24, Luke 22. But there was also rivalry among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. How does Jesus respond this time? Luke doesn't tell us, but John does. In John 13, we learn that the Lord arose from supper removed his outer garment, put a towel around himself, took a basin and some water and washed the disciples' feet. That was one powerful object lesson that the Lord taught on that occasion, without a word. I think the disciples finally got it because we don't read about them arguing over that matter anymore. Jesus humbled himself to the point that he performed the role of a servant by washing the apostles' feet. And I paraphrase here. He said, I'm your master, and I've stooped to the level of washing your feet. I have served you. You ought to serve one another 
rather than be concerned about who is the greatest in the kingdom. What was the real problem experienced by the apostles? We certainly know what the symptom was. They were concerned about who is the greatest. What was the real problem behind that symptom? They possessed the wrong kind of wisdom. You see, the right kind of wisdom doesn't behave like that, but the wrong kind does. James tells us that our actions demonstrate the kind of wisdom that we possess. If a person has their heart filled with strife and envy, you know something about their wisdom. It's not the kind that comes from God. Remember, God is the source of wisdom, the right source of the right kind of wisdom. There is another type of wisdom that we need to avoid. And the disciples were caught up in having hearts that were filled with the wrong kind of wisdom, and it showed in their jealousy and their strife amongst themselves. The disciples show us, though, that we can change with the Lord's help. They finally listened to the Lord's teaching, and they changed their ways. The problem with the disciples was that for a little while they possessed an earthly kind of wisdom. James goes on to describe that kind of wisdom. We're still in James 3 at verse 15 now. Here he is referring to the kind of wisdom already mentioned in verse 14, the kind that was demonstrated to us by the disciples. In verse 15, he says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Does this kind of wisdom come from God? No, James says, it does not come from above. Rather, it is earthly or worldly. It is sensual and it is devilish. What does it produce? It produces confusion and every evil work. We need to understand this because we are constantly exposed to the wrong kind of wisdom. As we listen to reports on TV, we're going to hear confusion, strife, envy, and jealousy. What are those symptoms? They're symptoms of the wrong kind of wisdom. I'm afraid we're exposed to it so much that if we are not very careful, it can rub off on us and we cannot afford to let that happen. We have to fight against it. We are responsible for getting the right kind of wisdom, paying the price for it, attain it, and not losing it. By doing that, we have a good influence on others. We hear so much hatred and so much vile speech today, it's just amazing. Those are symptoms of wisdom that James says are earthly, sensual, and devilish. We must guard against that kind of influence. James described the wrong kind of wisdom, which we are to avoid, and then he went on to describe the right kind of wisdom. This is the one he already mentioned in verse 13, and now he continues at verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. 
James says this wisdom is from above. In other words, God is the source. And James describes this wisdom in beautiful words. The wisdom is from above. It is pure. It is peaceable. It is gentle. It is easily entreated. It is full of mercy and good fruits. It is without partiality, and it is without hypocrisy. What do we know about that kind of wisdom? James says it produces the fruit of righteousness. What is produced by the wrong kind of wisdom? Strife, jealousy, and all kinds of evil. Solomon said wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. To do that, we have to go to the right source. We also have to understand there are different kinds of wisdom. If we go to God according to his will, he will bless us with the right kind of wisdom, and we will demonstrate that through our actions. The question we need to ask ourselves is what kind of wisdom am I endeavoring to attain? If we attain the right kind of wisdom, the Lord will bless us. In return, we will please him. We have to give this matter much consideration, very careful consideration, because of the influences that we are constantly exposed to. The book of James is sometimes referred to as the book of Proverbs of the New Testament, and it is indeed a wonderful book. When you read the book of Proverbs and the writings of James, you will find that James just goes right along with some of the things that Solomon dealt with. Why did Solomon and James write on the same things? Well, I would suggest to you that's because the same spirit that inspired Solomon to write his Proverbs also inspired James to write his letter. The Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible complements itself. When I study the New Testament, I tend to look at the principles that are revealed and see how they are illustrated in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a gold mine of illustrations to help us understand the New Testament. But when it comes to wisdom, I tend to reverse the order. See what Solomon first said about wisdom, and then see how James illustrates that it was taught to us. God in his infinite wisdom knew we needed a long time ago when he gave us his word scriptures. How thankful we need to be that we can study the Bible and learn from the mind of God. I hope this lesson encourages us to do what we have to do to attain wisdom and then to do what we have to do to retain it, to buy it, and never sell it. If you need the prayers of the church, or if you need to come forward this morning to be baptized, we will welcome you, receive you, and help you in whatever your needs may be. We invite you to come and make your needs known while we stand and sing.